Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. It's actually the last show that I'll be hosting this year, and uh, it's, a, it's a blessing to, to be able to do that, uh, a blessing to be with you uh, as we wind down the year uh, next week, of course, uh, is Christmas week, so the holidays uh, we have off, so that we'll be airing encore editions of the show for some days through the new year because of the team here uh, working really hard and getting the week off. And so you'll be able to call. We'll have a program tomorrow live, uh, but this will be the last program for me until next year. Uh, so I'm glad to be able to join you. 303-690-3000 is the number. And you can text me at 720-336-0897. And I was talking, or at least returning some texts today. I wasn't able to do it yesterday. But I returned some texts this morning, or this afternoon, I don't recall, uh, asking for some of the people that text in to call, because I'd like to talk about their questions. Um, but if they don't call, uh, we use the text line to go through questions and fill airtime with questions. I always like to clarify, though, and like to talk to somebody about your question. It's a little more challenging when you're texting, only because um, I like the follow-up, and I like to hear maybe a, a different point of view, or with that information, is there anything else that uh, would form uh, the question or shape it? So, Give me a call. The best way the show works is to be on the air, whether you're listening in Maryland, New Jersey, or uh, Maryland, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania on Hope FM, or you're listening in Tennessee, North Carolina, or Kentucky on Truth FM, or of course on the Grace FM radio network, uh, which covers uh, most of Colorado, uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and some areas in Wyoming, and also a couple of uh, Areas in Nebraska, like Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. And so we get feedback from all over. 303-690-3000. And I don't see any calls coming up yet because I don't have my uh, call screen up. So let me uh, mention, or uh, let me pull up my call screen to make sure I can see who's calling in. 303-690-3000. While I'm waiting, uh, we have Christmas services this weekend. Uh, and so we'll be together at Calvary Church here in Colorado, or in Aurora, uh, Aurora, Colorado, that's the way it should be said, uh, Saturday night at 6 p.m., Sunday morning 8.45 uh, and 10.45, and then Christmas Eve services will be Monday, 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. And so Monday will be different than Saturday and Sunday. They'll both be Christmas-themed messages, but they'll be different uh, same text, but I'm going to pull out a couple of things differently, uh, you know. And there's not much different, not much uh, to adjust when it comes to Christmas, because Christmas is the glorious 
time we celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. And we invite you out. For more information, go to our website at calvaryaurora.org. Now, while we're waiting for some calls to come in, I wanted to let you know that and ask you to pray for a gal by the name of Linda. Linda responded to the invitation at our service yesterday uh, and accepted Jesus Christ, committed her life to following Jesus Christ. I believe she was born again. So would you pray for her? She's the last, uh, because last night was our last Wednesday night service of the year. So she was the last person to commit her life at a regular service uh, in 2018 here at Calvary Aurora. Of course, we have Christmas services this weekend, but we're really grateful. I was writing our year-end letter recently and just thinking of the, the the hundreds of people that committed their life to Jesus Christ at the church, the hundreds of people that committed their life over the radio, the hundreds of people that we baptized as we have, I think we had five baptisms last year. We try to do them quarterly uh, on a Wednesday night, and, and we are grateful um, to be able to encourage people to live in the... <clears throat> um, to live in the um, obedience of Jesus Christ. So, with that being said, phone lines are full. Let's go to line one. Princess is calling from Aurora, Colorado. Princess, welcome to the program. Hey, Princess, you are on the air. Pastor Ed, happy holidays. Are you there? I am. (laughs) I am. Welcome to the program. What's up? Um prayer request. A year ago, I was cruising down a Wednesday evening um, to my usual spot for service, and uh, God said to take another another row, and I did, and um, came across a member of the church who I got to know really well. She was in the end of her sin with drinking, and I got to bring her to service with her son, and um, she... I also got to take her to court, um, and that morning I didn't I didn't see her anymore, and I haven't seen her since. But I've been keeping touch with her. She basically had a felony, and while she was in jail, found out that she was brought to the states from Mexico as a child, and she was not um, a legal resident here, and so she's now. You know, I don't know where she's at, Pastor Ed, but I haven't heard from her, and I'm afraid she's back in Mexico. And um, she loves the Lord, and I'd like her to like us to pray for her. And I know there are a lot of people in this situation right now, and I think um, she does listen to to this radio station, and it's been on my heart for a couple weeks to uh, get it out there and utilize this tool so that. She knows that she is loved and that God loves her even through this storm. Oh, that's great. You want to start and I'll finish? Sure. Okay. Holy Father, God, we come humbly as we can, and we lift up Jessica and her son, Max. Jessica, if you're listening to this, happy holidays. I know that it's it's been tough without your son. I'm still without my children, and just know, sister, that the Lord loves us. And he loves you so much, and I just want to continue to encourage you while you are either still here in the States at GEO, or if they've taken you to Mexico, that we love you, and I can't wait for you to come back and to be with us in fellowship and at church. And you have just been such a delight for me. 
um, to share my story. And it's amazing how much our stories are very similar. And so I need you to know how much you're loved. In yes. God's name we pray. Yes, Father, we do. Um, we pray for this uh, woman and all the things that she's facing, um, especially here in the holidays, God. It just has a way of enhancing emotions and and all sorts of um, challenging difficulties. And so mm-hmm. we lift her up, and I agree with Princess. Continue to use her and speak to her. Continue to lead her, God. Continue to insert her into the lives of many that might be a vessel for your love, that, that there might be a true, really, demonstration of your love in a practical yes. way. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name we pray. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Happy holidays. Okay, Princess. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the program. Let's go to Wendy, line two in Aurora, Colorado. Wendy, welcome yes. to the program. Happy Thursday. Um, just reading through my Bible, I've seen different times where Lord has a capital L, and then I've seen yes. times where the entire word is capitalized. What's yes. the difference? When you see it all in capitals, it's a reference to the Hebrew holy name of God. Uh, and because there are no vowels, in the it's Y-H-W-H, um, uh, is the Hebrew has no vowels, and we would translate it in those English letters. The translators, instead of saying Yahweh or Jehovah, because either one of those are variations of our attempt at English to those words, they instead use the capital letters L, capital O, capital R, capital D to make it to, to draw out from the text that that's the Hebrew holy name for God. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. And um, just to, to clarify on that, too, it doesn't occur uh, in the Greek um, because it is a Hebrew, it's a Hebrew connotation, so it's in the Old Testament. 303-690-3000. Got an open line. Uh, let's go to Joe down in Colorado Springs. Joe, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so my question is, um, about the Sabbath, I've been reading okay. through, I just finished reading through Isaiah again, and so I'm just going to throw out a scripture, so Isaiah 58, 13 says, okay. if you keep your feet from breaking Sabbath, from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. Um, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land, feast on your inher- on the inheritance of your father Jacob. And I guess one of my big, I guess my question is, um, you know, I, I know that um, Orthodox and Messianic Jews all celebrate Sabbath or observe Sabbath on Saturday, and you know, does it really? Does it really matter whether it's Saturday or Sunday? You know, some say that, oh, the Catholic Church changes the day to Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. pagan day, worship of the sun, all of that. Sure. And, uh, I mean, I know, I, I know we're saved by, by what Jesus did for us and by grace or faith, but 
am I uh, am I uh, fulfilling the fourth commandment by doing my thing on Sunday? So the way you fulfill the fourth commandment is by placing your faith in Jesus Christ, because in the new covenant, Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. He is our rest. We learn that in Hebrews chapter 4. But let's, let's look at the Sabbath for what it is in the scriptures. Literally, the word means to rest from your labor. And in the Bible, it refers to a day of rest as the sign of the old covenant. It was given to Israel as a covenant sign between them and God, according to Exodus 31, uh, verse 12. Six days you're to work, on the seventh day you're, you're to rest. Um, according to Nehemiah chapter 9, the Sabbath was not given to be kept by anyone until Israel, until it was given to Israel in the wilderness. And so when you, when you think of the Sabbath, um, it, it wasn't changed, uh, and it never, it never can be changed biblically because the Bible says what it says. Um, and the Bible defines the Sabbath for us. So if somebody uh, declared that we're changing the Sabbath, that's impossible. You can't do that um, because the Sabbath will always refer uh, to the seventh day, uh, which we commonly um, refer to as Saturday. So in order for you and I to fulfill the Sabbath commandment of, of, of God is, to by, is by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, we are no longer bound by the old covenant. Uh, the old covenant's been fulfilled, uh, and so the reason that we worship on Sunday actually is a biblical reason. Um, Sunday is the first day of the week, and Sunday represents a very significant event uh, that has is the capstone, the capstone of Jesus Christ, and that is His resurrection. And so, when we gather together on Sundays, we simply are worshiping. Uh, in memory of his resurrection. However, the Bible actually indicates that we can worship and should worship Jesus Christ every day of the week. And so while people want to recognize the Sabbath, like Messianic Jews or or people that want to do that, they can, but not in order to be righteous or saved before God, because the only way to be righteous and saved before God the Father is not by keeping the Sabbath, but by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Right. Um, okay. For example, let, let me let me speak just real quickly, and I'll point you to a Bible study that I did recently. Um, oh. But this idea that Sabbath, that Sunday worship is some new thing that the Roman Catholic Church started. Um, Sunday worship existed in the um, in the church long before Constantine established the Roman Catholic Church. Um, uh, Sunday worship is mentioned in the Epistle of Barnabas around AD 100, the Epistle of Ignatius in 107, the writings of Justin Martyr in 150, uh, Apostolic Constitutions uh, in the second century, Arrhenius in 155, Pliny's Letter in 107, Clement of Alexander in 194, and Tertullian uh, in 200. Uh, besides the fact that the Church was gathering together in the Book of Acts on the first day of the week. Oh, okay. Well, that helps a lot. So, where 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 does it say that the church the church in Acts gathered on on Sunday? Uh, let's see here. Let me, One let of the reasons I'm asking because I have some other people that are you know they don't they believe in traditional and you got to do it this way and traditional Saturday and for sure I want to be able to show them um, this stuff. So, so according to Acts chapter twenty verse seven. It says, 
On the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to part the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. First um, Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2 says, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. And of course, on Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, excuse me, John writes, I was on the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. When the first church council met in Acts chapter 15, remember, wondering what Gentile Christians were supposed to do, remember, you had the Jewish Christ, the, the first believers uh, in the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ, were Jewish people in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And then when the gospel left Jerusalem, the, it was an explosion of the gospel to the Gentiles, so much so that they called that first uh, council in Acts chapter 15, and they were determining what are we going to tell the Gentile Christians to do so that they, so that they don't offend Jewish believers. Um, and one thing that they weren't told to do in Acts 15 was to keep the Sabbath. Okay. So, okay. Um, I, I suggest 15, you. I'm sorry. Yeah, Acts fifteen twenty eight and twenty nine. I would suggest that you um, go to go on your phone or your iPad and go to your app, to the App Store on your phone. Download our free app, uh, Calvary Church um, or Calvary Aurora. However, you you can put that in, uh, and and then in the search feature, put the word Sabbath in. And a very thorough Bible study will pop up that I delivered to our church um, on this topic with all this data and way more than just that. Awesome. All right. Well, sounds good. I appreciate all the information. You're welcome. Good question. Well, you have a great day. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Okay. Merry Christmas. God bless you, man. 303-690-3000 is the number. We'll move right on to line one is Liz in Denver. Welcome to the program, Liz. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Hi. Okay, so question I have is, how do you deal with somebody, or I don't know if the word convince is the right word, but how do you talk to somebody that believes in hyper-grace, the one saved, always saved, and, oh, well, God forgives my past sins, present sins, and future sins, so I'm saved. How do you... You know, and I try to tell him, well, yeah, he loves you, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Sure. So how do um, you deal with someone like that? Well, let's, you know, first you you deal, I, there's a, the first thing I think of, because it can be a frustrating uh, experience to talk to someone that, that is firm in their convictions, but not quite uh, has a, a strong handle on the, on the scriptures. Uh, I think of Second Timothy chapter 2. A servant of the Lord must be not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, so that God might grant them perhaps repentance, and they may know the truth. Um, so I want to be gentle. I want to be careful, because I know that I'm, I'm only going to be able to plant seeds. I'm not really going to be able to mm-hmm. convince them. Um, they're pretty, um, you know, they're pretty convinced. Uh, but yeah. I, I also want I also want to be I want to ask them biblically um, about this passage, and I believe it's in Titus um, chapter two, verse eleven. Um, it's a very important passage in Scripture as it relates to the grace of God. 
because the problem with the hyper grace movement is that much of what they're saying is actually true. Um, it is true that the forgiveness of God uh, covers our past, present, and future sins. And it is true that salvation is eternal um, and that God does an eternal work. And what he starts in us, uh, he'll complete it according to Jesus Christ I, until the day of Jesus Christ. Like a lot of what they say is true. How they're tying it together and their conclusion is what's difficult. And their conclusion seems to indicate that if my, and this is their, this is their thinking, if salvation is secure and God has forgiven me of all my sins, then I can just sin. Mm-hmm. And there's no really is essence. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's there's foolishness. there's nothing wrong that they can do. Yeah, that's, that's a foolish conclusion and an unbiblical con- conclusion. And one place I would take them, and I would ask them before I take them there, so this is one of those aha moments because I would talk with them and I'm like, well, so, so talk to me. What does grace teach you? How, how, what, what kind of behavior does grace lead you to? Um, you know, what about um, stealing a candy bar from Safeway? Is that okay? Does God approve of that? And just kind of walk them down a path depending on what their conversation is so that as I get them to agree with really foolish conclusions, I'm going to ask them to open up their Bible to Titus chapter 2, verse 11. And in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. So what does the grace of God teach us? Number one, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So far from their conclusion that the grace of God is permission to sin and or I could never do anything wrong, the bio, just this one fact, this is only one fact, but one fact alone identifies that the grace of God is going to, the true grasp of God's pow, empowerment and grace is, number one, going to lead us to deny ungodliness, number two, to deny worldly lust, number three, to live soberly, number four, to live righteously, and number five, to live godly. And if I don't see those characteristics in a person, or they, they seem to teach against them, then I'm going to tell them that they have it. They have they have made their own doctrine and are not talking about the grace of God. Yeah, because I even I even took them to you know where I believe it's Romans six if I'm correct. I can't remember. Yes, Romans the Romans eight. You know where Paul says, "So should we continue to sin so that grace may abound?" Certainly not, he says. And and that's the strongest way in the Greek language to say no. And I was like, if. If you believe that this is the Word of God and it's breathed of God, that's God saying that no. Because, and you can see, you know, you can see the... I always remember your testimony and stuff because, you know, we, um, we went over this because, you know, there was one day that he literally got plastered drunk, just total drunk, drunk, drunk. And I'm like, you can't be doing that. That's not okay. You you want to say you belong to God, and you're, well, if you belong to God, you wouldn't be doing that. I said, number one. Number two, you know, do you not feel any conviction of the Holy Spirit? Do you not feel any kind of conviction? And he kind of got mad at me because I asked him that. You know, and he said, his response was like, no, why would I want to feel that? That's a horrible thing to feel. I was like, well, then you need to really ask yourself that, because if you don't feel it, that's God's love 
drawing you closer to Him so you don't do that. Yeah, I think it's important that our a person's attitude towards sinful behavior is really going to indicate where their heart and relationship with the Lord is. It is possible for believers to have this kind of mindset, but but not for long. You know, it might be episodic at times, but a true believer is going to is going to steer away from sinful behavior, not because they have they're trying to earn their way to God or trying to plead, trying to 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 earn God's favor, but simply because God dwells in us. And, and the Holy Spirit is a holy spirit, not a sinful spirit, and will lead us toward holiness and away from sinful behavior. And like you said, we will have conviction, and we will sense a sense of wrong. Um, we, we, will be, we will feel and know the conviction of God. And, you know, this guy, he's, he's certainly not speaking biblically, um, nor does he reflect the Holy Spirit that, that he says is living in him. Of a better word, it's hard to argue with somebody about this when they know the Bible. They know they know verses like this guy can quote me verses more than more than I I know. Like he can just quote them, you know. He knows them, and like when I'm telling him, I think your phone's cutting out. Um, but we're coming up to the end of the first half. Uh, oh, you dropped off, but. You know, Liz, the, the thing about knowing the Scriptures and actually living them are two different things. And I think it's a greater danger for us to know something and actually not obey it. Um, and anyone that's making excuses for sinful behavior, it really doesn't matter what the theology they've created or what excuses uh, they're using. Anyone that's doing that is certainly not living in an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus himself said that if we abide in him, he'll abide in us. And I think of, you know, I think of uh, James, when James uh, speaks of wisdom from above, he defines it. Um, and, and he says, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, um, don't, don't lie against the truth. The wisdom is not from above, but earthly and sensual and demonic. And so there is wisdom that is earthly sensual and demonic, self-seeking, which is a drunken, you know, anyone that's moving into the drunken world is a self-seeking person. Uh, confusion, every evil thing is there. Here's the wisdom that comes from God that flows through us, pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, full of good fruits, and certainly drunkenness and partying and then, and then arguing against a person that loves them is not a good fruit. Uh, and that's James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Um, and I just hope that God uses you in your life. He needs friends like you. And, you, and actually, you need friends like him. Um, that's the, the body of Christ, to, to be in people's lives, to help them work through um, these difficult, self-justifying, excusing of sin. There's no excuse for sin. Jesus Christ died on the cross, not for permission to sin, but rather for permission to surrender our lives to him and allow him for his sufficient grace to be lived out in our lives. And we're not going to become sinless, but a true believer will sin less, period. You will be a new creation in Christ. You will see old things pass away. You will see all things become new. 
You will be conformed in the image of Jesus Christ. You will live deeper and abiding in the Spirit, and you will see more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You will see these things in your lives. And for someone that's you know, smoking pot and getting high and someone that's popping pills and someone that's smoking meth and someone that's uh, out partying and, and uh, getting drunk and, and living a, a, a lifestyle that doesn't reflect Jesus Christ living in them, well, as they abide in Christ, these things go away. These behaviors disappear in the glorious presence of Jesus Christ. He enables us. Hey, we're coming up on the break. You hear the music. We will be right back. This is Calvary Life. My name is Pastor Ed Taylor. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Last one, I get the privilege of hosting in 2018 as uh, the holidays are upon us, and next week we'll be airing <clears throat> we'll be airing um, encore presentations as uh, the team here at Calvary Church uh, we get the week off and uh, to rest to prepare for a, an exciting 2019 if the Lord allows us. For us as a church, we're entering into our 20th year. That's right, two zero uh, 20th year of ministry here in Denver. Unbelievable that we have had the privilege of serving this community for 20 years. And Saturday, <clears throat> this Saturday, is the eight-year birthday of Grace FM. Grace FM turns eight years old. Still a kiddo, Grace FM, but the Grace FM radio network, which covers now about 80% of Colorado, we are very grateful to our friends at Way FM. I forget what where they are on the dial in Denver now, but uh, they sold us the station. You know, oftentimes we'll refer, we'll we'll mention how uh, God blessed us with the station, how God gave us the station, uh, but but it wasn't for free. <laughs> Some people interpret that like it was given to the church for free. It was a a very large purchase uh, financially that we um, invested as a church family to bless our city. It's it's our ongoing 24-7 investment in the state of Colorado and even online with the gospel. We, it's our, our desire to fulfill God's word um, and our vision when disciples send by having this radio station on the air 24-7 with worship and the word. And, and so I, I invite you to join us. I know I hear on the radio a lot of uh, ministries asking for uh, last-minute donations. Give as the Lord leads. Uh, and if Grace FM is on your list, partner with us. Uh, do something monthly if you can, but help us in 2018 well here at Grace FM. It is a church-owned, church-run station, uh, very high um, overhead, <laughs> but uh, we're grateful to, to be able to do it. And you can just go to gracefm.com, hit the donate button, <clears throat> and you're not giving to Grace FM, you're giving through Grace FM, that fruit will go to your account. Uh, one more thing, I know James, you've been waiting, I'll get to you in one second, but I'm asking everyone to be in prayer for the Corson family, John Corson, 
Uh, he is one of our Bible teachers here on Grace FM, and his son, Peter John, has just been put into hospice care uh, as the final stages of his cancer. The doctors have, have given him just a few weeks to live. Uh, this is public. Pastor John shared it at his Wednesday night Bible study, so it is public. Um, and I just uh, love John. I've appreciated his ministry, uh, still do to this day. Uh, he is one of the original Calvary Chapel pastors, um, and and just fruitful. He, I, I um, just ask you to pray for him as he he's he's a man that has experienced a lot of tragedy, and now uh, he lost his wife, he lost his daughter, uh, and now his son uh, is in his last hours on hospice care, and and um, you know it's. Um, not an easy thing uh, to see your son in hospice care. And so I just pray that, um, let's pray together and, and keep John Corson. Uh, Applegate Christian Fellowship is the name of the church. John Corson, his dad, Peter John, of course he has a wife and kids, and um, praise God that uh, that family's intact. And, and Peter John's wife has a great relationship uh, with John and his wife Tammy, so they'll be able to minister to the grandkids and be there for the family what a privilege and an honor. It doesn't always end up that way, uh, unfortunately. So let's pray for the Corsons. Father, I pray that you would uh, be in uh, the Corson family tonight. I pray for my friend John, um, even though I've never met him. Um, I love him, and I love his family, and I love his uh, grandkids and his kids, and I just pray you would uh, encourage and strengthen them. Um, they believe in eternity in a powerful way, and I know that uh, Peter John is already having visions of heaven. And uh, thank you for the uh, privilege of that family being intact, uh, for the wonderful relationship that Peter John's wife has with, with her in-laws, and, and just the, the wonderful joys that, that come when your spirit rules and reigns, even in tragedy. And I pray for others that uh, they don't have... Uh, that kind of privilege, um, that they're experiencing great pain and difficulty, that that you would just bring peace and comfort and encouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. That's John Corson, his son, Peter John. All right. James in Denver, Colorado, line two. Welcome to the program. Hey, hey Pastor. How you doing? Hey, uh, Good, we're trying to figure out how to respond to uh, if somebody was to ask that John the Baptist have to repent. Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, where's that found at? It's found in, um, well, let's see. Let's start with, um, let me get the, I'm just going to quote it to you, um, but let me find it first here. So here's one of the things I would ask you. How many ways are there to, to salvation? God, here. Yeah. how many ways? Uh, one way. Yeah, how many ways is it, can a person be saved? One way. And so, is John the Baptist a second way? Is he a second way? No. Yeah, would he get a second way? No, no, no. Right, so he would be, there's only one way to salvation, so my simple answer to that would be uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, including John the Baptist. Um, while we don't have a particular scripture that says the moment that John repented, I mean, his min his ministry surrounded the ministry of repentance, even as Jesus did. That was the essence of their of their 
of their message. And so there isn't a second way for John the Baptist to be saved. He's saved like everyone else by faith in Jesus Christ and an admission of his sinful life. Okay, so the best thing for me to do is not to try to uh, prove anything to the person that asked that question then, right? Just give them to them straight like you gave it to me? That I mean, that, um, that that's the only way I can I can give it. There might be another alternative. Well, but my that's, question, I, just go, I mean, my, I, mean my, I, I guess I'm thinking if, if, he, if, he got, if he received in the womb, you see, I guess I'm getting that mixed up with... Uh, what, what did he receive in the womb? Uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No, he didn't receive anything in the womb that that was apart from that that had any merit of salvation. Uh, you don't get saved in the womb. Okay, so I'm misunderstanding what was going on in the uh, Elizabeth's womb. He leapt. He there was some recognition. Have you ever been around a, a a woman's womb when the baby moves or kicks or or leaps? Oh, so that was just the Holy Ghost. Okay, so he he didn't receive the Holy Ghost inside the womb? Correct. Correct. Have you been taught that? I'm thinking that he did. Did somebody teach you that or is like I'm I'm just I just I just drew a blank. I just drew I drew I drew a blank and I thought I read that uh, he received uh, he was he was received the Holy Ghost inside the womb. Well let's see here. Let's go to the text and read what it says here so we can um, in Luke chapter 1, verse 44, uh, it says, <clears throat> Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I, yes. I, I, I read it wrong, Pastor. Thank you. What's well, okay? Very much. This, this is the fun part of Bible study. It just you know, sometimes we do get words flipped around. I mean, I make that mistake all the time, so um, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, God bless you and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, James. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Ziggy is calling from Strasburg, Colorado. Ziggy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. So, uh, first time going through the Bible, and I'm in Acts. Okay. And, uh, you know, all this really good stuff is happening in Acts. We're, we're naming a new apostle, we're endowed with the Holy Spirit and performing miracles, and then I get to the part with uh, the man and his wife who, who stole off their property, and they lied to the church with the, the amount that they uh, gave to the church, and just... I mean, from out of nowhere, just dropped dead. Well, not from out of nowhere necessarily, but dropped dead, and we're pretty much just buried in the backyard. And yes. that just that that put my uh, heels into the ground. And uh, yes. you know, it, it went from being this like just great stuff going on to almost like uh, something that should have come out of the Old Testament. Um, so I'm just wondering if I could get some you know elaboration on that, maybe a, a better understanding of why it happened. Uh, the way it did, and um, yes. that, that, that just, it seems like it almost contradicts all the stuff that, that happened before with, you know, with what Jesus was doing and, and all, all the, the good things that were coming up with the Church. Sure, so let's talk about some concepts first. Um, Ziggy, do you deserve to live today? I, I don't think so, no. So your life is, and my life, I don't want to put it just on you, but your life and my life, 
we live today by the gracious favor of God. Absolutely. We don't receive what we deserve. Absolutely. And, and so that's the banner of chapter 5 of Acts. Even though you're right, I'm so glad that as you're reading it that you recognize the drama and the difficulty that Acts chapter 5, that you actually described it and felt it very similar to what the early church would feel. Because imagine if you were in these this early stages right after Jesus ascends into heaven, the church is forming, great things are happening, uh, there's a tremendous amount of love flowing, uh, people are giving finances, and at the end of chapter 4, you remember this guy by the name of Barnabas? He sells his land and gives it to the church. No one told them to do that. There's no command to do that. And it's just a free-flowing, exciting time. Um, this is what Jesus promised. This is what he said would happen. And can you believe it? We're experiencing, and it's joyful. So one of the things I, I want you to see when you're reading, um, if we just go back to Acts chapter 4 for a second, because people that were reading the book of Acts uh, would not have chapter breaks or verses. So imagine in the Greek, this is all one thing. The whole book of Acts have no chapter breaks, no verses, and it would sound something like this. And Joseph, who was also, this is chapter 4, he's also named Barnabas by the apostles, who was translated the son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. He sold, having land, sold it, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet, but, and you always want to pay attention to those transition words, but a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought certain part, laid it at the apostles' feet. And that's the contrast. That's the real drama. Barnabas did such a, a magnanimous, spirit-led gift to the church, and the contrast is Ananias and Sapphira, they also had a possession and sold it. But verse 2 says they kept back part of the proceeds and then bring it to the apostles' feet. And Peter gets this um, anointing of the Holy Spirit, uh, this gift of discern this manifestation of discernment to call them out on their lie and give them a chance to repent. Because if you walk through, as Peter is speaking to Ananias, he can repent. Um, he, he could... He could have changed his mind along the way. But if not Ananias, his wife definitely could have changed her mind. Right. But they conspired yeah, yeah, they, together. Uh, they asked, is this really the amount? They, they asked them both, right? So if I had to answer the question, why, I would say it in two, two parts. Number one, why did they, why, why did they uh, lose their life over this lie to God? Because they deserved it. They got what they deserved. And the wages of sin is death. And they got what they deserved. They, they lied to the Holy Spirit. And it's hard to see someone get that what they deserve. Or in today, to the consequences of their own decisions. For example, you know, if somebody lie, steals or lies today, they can end up in jail. You know, like uh, they can end up in prison. And maybe they don't lose their life um, physically, but they lose their life and their freedoms. You know, and it's hard to see that in someone's life. Um, but... The second reason I think that they died was to bring a warning to the church that God values holiness. You know, because at the end it says, great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard, all who heard these th things. And it was a warning in the early church 
um, to make sure that they realize that God knows, that God sees, and it was like a like a warning of holiness to to the to the rest of the church that God knows all things. Yeah, it definitely makes a little bit of self reflection happen and and think about did have you truly given all of yourself? Um, that's what I thought when I read it. I think um, so, and you know, think of it this way too. We we in our culture, by now separated from Ananias and Sapphira, now by two thousand years, when we think of lying, you know, for many people don't people don't care. I, I've I've been lied to so many times. I've been lied to by pastors. I've been lied to by family members. I've been lied to by um, in laws, and I, I mean, and and it's just like not even thought through. And, and myself, I haven't told the truth a hundred percent of the time. And, and, and if you do that long enough, you're going to be hardened. You're going to have a hardened heart. You're going to be, you're going to be so far from God and lying has just become, Oh, it's a white lie or it's a little lie. It's a, no, remember Ananias and Sapphira guys, lying comes with great consequences and, and we shouldn't be lying. You know, we shouldn't be lying and stealing and we shouldn't be doing these things as believers and if anybody ever wonders well what's the worst that can happen well ask ananias and sapphira they'll tell you <laughs> well thank you for that and it's uh i gotta tell you the bible is just eye-opening left and right um real quick too i, I just wanted to say uh, a quick thank you i called in last week because uh I had the majority of my index finger amputated in a, a work accident, and I was really down on myself, having a hard time with it. Called in, and first and foremost, uh, thank, thank you, God, for, for healing and, and hearing my prayers. But also, I just want to say thank you to everybody on Calvary Live, because uh, my appointment that I had yesterday, uh, they did some cleaning of my finger and just saw a lot of, of new growth, a lot of healing, and it, it oh, advanced a lot faster than they thought. And I definitely know that, that that's, you know, in contribution to to the prayers from everybody in Calvary Live. So I just want to say thank you to everybody out there. Um, we really appreciate it and love what you guys are doing. Well, thanks for the update. Lord bless you. All right. Take care, Pastor. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Remember, this Saturday is the eight-year birthday of Grace FM. Very, very excited uh, to be on the air for eight years. We still have one station we want to purchase, so please pray with us. We want to cover the southern part all the way through to Canyon City. Uh, that means one more radio station. So would you, play, would you pray for us, uh, and would you partner with us? Uh, we have revamped and cleaned up our giving portal here at Grace FM, and it's so much easier now to give. Just go to gracefm.com slash donate, and you can give by mail. You can give online. You can give uh, you know, regularly. You can set up recurring stuff. You can take care of it all with one login. Amazing all the hard work that Pastor Joshua and Everett and the team uh, on the back end has put into refining this system. So, uh, we could use your help to finish 2018 well, whether it's Grace FM or Abounding Grace Radio, either one, uh, you can give through that portal. And if you give to Grace FM, it all goes to keeping the sh- keeping everything on the air. I mean, I was just talking to our administrator about our phone bill. Oh my goodness. Um, it It's a lot. 
So um, if you want to help us, great. You don't, you're not giving to us, you're giving through us, and the Lord is just going to use you. Uh, and all the fruit that goes to our account will be shared with you in eternity. Just go to gracefm.com slash donate. Of course, if you're um, listening on another station, please donate to that local station, would you please? Um, Hope FM, they also a local church um, station, and Truth FM as well, so just donate to the local station. But of course, many of you listen right here on Grace FM, so I'm asking you, go to gracefm.com. And yes, we're asking. We're not ashamed to ask, to ask you to partner. Paul did it all throughout the scriptures. Uh, the Holy Spirit inspired this giving. God asks you to give. Uh, Paul asks you to give. Uh, the Holy Spirit asks, so I'm going to ask along with them. Because you know, if you don't have, because you don't ask. And and so we're grateful. And, and you can still, even if you don't give, you still get to enjoy Grace FM free of charge. Uh, and uh, it's on the air, and we're grateful for that. 303-690-3000. We're going to try to see if we can finish off strong. Uh, Bianca's on the line in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, Bianca, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. I just want prayer for all of those people that are suffering, the, that are going through the loss of a loved one, especially those that passed fairly recently. I know the families are really going through a hard time right now. and mm, That's true. Okay, let's pray. Father, I pray uh, for those that are suffering, even as I'm thinking of John Corson and his family and seeing his son sick in bed uh, very close to eternity if you don't intervene miraculously. And I'm um, just talking to that sister last night about grief share. Um, holidays just have a way of of making the pain deeper and uh, just bringing it to the surface. And so I do pray for the grieving and for the hurting. I pray for those that are challenged with life circumstances, Lord, and just heaviness, uh, that you would bring joy, that it's amazing, God, to me, that even in the pain, we experience great joy by faith, and that you work that in our hearts and we're able to enjoy the holidays and yet at the same time um, endure the heartbreak. And so I pray for both endurance and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Bianca. Bye-bye. Lori in Denver, Colorado. Lori, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. How are you? Good. How are you, Lori? I'm good, Pastor. Um, I sent you a text yesterday, and I was just asking on why yes. um, people have miscarriages. Yes. Yeah, and I, I was able to answer by text, but I know that it could be easily misunderstood. The, the, the root cause of death is sin. And I know you responded with, well, is it because of my personal sin? And, you know, that, that might, in, you know, that's why texting doesn't really work, so I'm glad you called. Um, it's... It, we don't take it personally like I did something and God is punishing for my sin. That's not what I meant. Um, sin, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And we've all been born into sin. And our bodies are broken. And for, you know, Lori, I'm sorry that you've endured um, not only the one you had in March, but what your mom experienced in October. It's it's one of the most painful things that a woman can experience. And I'm I'm sorry. But it's not because of your own personal sin like God is punishing you. It's the reality of the brokenness of our bodies. And 
the brokenness that sin has brought to our bodies. And I was also wondering if you could do a prayer for for me and my mom so we can um, try to understand God's will more, because I've, I've talked to a lot of people and everyone always tells us that, you know, God knows what He's doing and we can't change things. So I was wondering if you could just do a prayer for us so we could be strong and and um, go to church and also um, so we we don't really go to church, but I've okay. been hearing Grace FM yes. uh, for quite a few weeks now, and and I really want to make a change in my life. Good, good. So um, we have services here in Aurora um, over on Hampton and Tower. So we meet mm-hmm. on Saturday nights at 6 and Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45, and we would love to uh, encourage you. As a matter of fact, if... If you want, if you show up this weekend, I'll have I have we we have a specific ministry in our church that ministers to women that have experienced miscarriages, and we have a little packet that we put together, uh, and it also has a little handmade blanket so that you commemorate the life of your baby and remember your baby, and instead of putting it in, in that in the mail, if you came to church this weekend, I could put it in your hands. Okay. Okay, Pastor, and, and all of that, the the address and everything, it's on the website? It is at calvaryaurora.org. Okay. And if you just put in, like, if you uh, put in Calvary Church Ed Taylor, um, Google will pop it up. Okay. Um, and, and we also, I just came across a book uh, a little small book written by a woman, a pastor's wife in New York. Uh, her name is Shannon Gallatin, who experienced many miscarriages, and and I and and that's part of the packet now. And I, we definitely want to put that in your hands. Give one to your mom so that you can learn of the healing touch of Jesus Christ in your life. And even if you don't come to church, um, even if you don't come this weekend, if you if you don't make it. Uh, if you give us your address, I'll make sure my assistant puts it in the mail for you. So you just tell okay. me how you want it, and we'll get it to you. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. I think I, I want to go. Okay, good. Then I'll have it ready for yeah. you. If I'm not able to give it to you, I'll have one of the guys. We'll have, it av- we'll have two of them available, one for you, one for your mom, okay? Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Father, I pray for Lori and her mom as they face these um, significant losses and challenges and and just all the questions, and they're surrounded with people, it sounds like, that want to encourage them and help them along the way, but it's been hard. And so I pray you'd comfort them and encourage them and strengthen them, Lord, as this, as a miscarriage is, is a true, real loss of life and grieving, and it starts to grieve. And help them in the grieving process, Lord. Help them with their questions. Help them maybe if they're angry or they're fearful or, or whatever emotions that are coming out. Uh, that you would uh, comfort them. And even as they start the healing process and you've used these missed, these losses in their life to draw them to you, to bring them and want, have them a desire to be in church and to be with other believers, already you're at work, even in the pain. And so I pray for Lori. I pray you'd encourage her in Jesus' name. Amen. So Lori, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay, we might have lost. Thank you for are you your there, words Lori? and everything. So, Lori, I just want you to know that 
five years ago, uh, my son passed away. And uh, he, it wasn't a miscarriage. He was actually 26 years old. And that caused a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and a lot of questions. And, and that's for someone that, like me, like, like I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And I, I even have the privilege of pastoring and teaching the Bible. But the reality is, is these kind of hurts and pains, they really do a lot of damage. And so you're not a weird person. Um, it's not wrong to feel the things that you're feeling. It's actually very normal for you to have these feelings and to have these questions. And, and it's very beneficial to do what you're doing. And that's to look to God because I'm, I and many people listening are living proof that God does comfort, that God does strengthen, and God does help even in the worst of situations. Yes, Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you for your Okay, Lori, I look forward to meeting you. you. I'll see you this weekend. Bye-bye. All right, well, the last 60 seconds of uh, Calvary Live uh, on this Thursday in 2018, it'll be the last show I host uh, before uh, this year until 2019. So thank you guys for the privilege of serving you. Uh, sharing a little bit of time with you in your car, your kitchen, or in your earbuds. Um, I count it a great honor and a great privilege to serve Jesus Christ. And everything I've experienced, everything I've gone through is worth it. And you stay strong. May the Lord bless you and encourage you. We'll see you back in 2019, Lord willing, or up in the air in the rapture of the church. Love you guys, your family. Stay strong. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.